the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. The Nick D Podcast. Hello, I'm your host, Nick DeGilio. Here we are in the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, the best podcast network in the world, where uh, tons of varied and entertaining and informative and fantastic and funny podcasts are at your beck and call. Go to radiomisfits.com and subscribe and rate and review all of us on every single platform. Please take the time to rate and review us. You want to be a part of this podcast? Hey, as a sponsor? Hey! Please do, man. We reach a lot of people. You got a business you want to advertise? Sales at RadioMisfits.com. Want to be a part of the Nick D podcast? You can leave us a voicemail message. The voicemail system is up 24-7, and we encourage you to call anytime with anything that you want to talk about, questions, comments, anything. Hey, you want me to say something into the magic megaphone? A joke, a comment, a special message? Tell me what to do. 773-417-6948. Get those voicemails in. Drop us an email with your megaphone messages or your comments or your questions. If you have questions for any of our guests or you have suggestions, feedback, anything, we encourage it. We want to hear from you. NickDPodcast at gmail.com. Episode 109. That's it. This is it. It's episode 109. We're going to be talking with Dan Feinberg, our good buddy, who joins us every other week. He writes for The Hollywood Reporter. He's got a website called The Fine Print, F-I-E-N. Best TV critic in the country. And we get to talk to him every couple of weeks about television. Esmeralda Leon, my partner in crime, is going to be joining me. We've got more magic megaphone messages to do. We've got uh, some uh, uh, another. Uh, we, we've moved on from the Japanese taste testing, and now we've got a gigantic sack full of Kit Kat bars. You know the famous candy bar, the Kit Kat, from around the world. Different flavors, different all kinds of crazy Kit Kats that we're going to be taste testing. My dad's going to call in and tell a joke, as he always does on every Tuesday podcast. And uh, we're going to talk about celebrities being weird parents. I know that's not a shocker. Celebrities doing shit that's weird? What? Huh? Celebrities are weird parents? Wait, huh? Yeah, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, and much more. Again, you want gen- to jump in here at any time. Uh, the voicemail messages are wide open at 773-417-6948. Anytime you want to send an email, nickdpodcast at gmail, gmail.com. My thanks to Ed, everybody at Radio Misfits, and at Jason Skaggs for all the, all the themes and the sounds and the wacky bits that uh, he does for us. Uh, hey, you got to check out my other podcast. It's new. We're two episodes in, and it's getting. I'm getting great feedback. Subscribe right now. Go to RadioMisfits.com and subscribe to my SNL podcast. I am an SNL expert, people. I know what I'm talking about. I have literally watched every single episode of SNL, not missed one, since October 11th, 1975, when it debuted. And all of that crazy knowledge and all of that wonderful trivia that's stuck in my brain, I am spewing out once a week, every Wednesday. On That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years, an SNL podcast. We are two episodes in. A new one drops this Wednesday, this Wednesday which would be tomorrow. Uh, sometimes I'll have guests, sometimes I won't. But it is the premier 
It's every SNL fan's dream podcast, and I am having a blast hosting it, and we're going to continue to do it. I've got a whole bunch of great subjects and a whole bunch of great SNL-related topics to get to. Great guests lines up, lined up. It's going to be great. The first two episodes, I've had fantastic time doing. Uh, we talked about a specific sketch in the first episode, the potato chip sketch. My second episode was my guest was John Rudnitsky. Uh, who spent a season on SNL and a great, great episode there. And I'm going to be talking about 20 very famous performers who actually spent time on SNL as cast members, and you probably forgot that. Well, I'm going to remind you and tell you about the work that they did on SNL, either before or while they were famous, but some people forget, oh my God, that person was a cast member on SNL. I'm going to tell you all about it. And that's the kind of stuff I'm going to be doing every single week. So subscribe to that podcast now. It's free. That show hasn't been funny in years. An SNL podcast, spread the word, subscribe, check it out. It is a blast. And if you're an SNL fan, you must subscribe, even if you're not an SNL fan. And if you're one of those people that actually thinks that that show hasn't been funny in years, one, you're an idiot uh, because that's not true. Uh, And two, you will learn something. And one of my goals uh, in doing this podcast is to prove that stupid, cliched statement, that show hasn't been funny in years, why do you watch SNL, blah, 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 is unbelievably wrong. And I'm going to prove that every single episode. So, RadioMisfits.com, that show hasn't been funny in years. New episodes drop every Wednesday. Subscribe right now. I got two fun podcasts happening on this great uh, Radio Misfits network, and I could not be happier, and we're going to continue to do that. So, oh, look who also, you know who loves my Saturday Night Live podcast? That show hasn't been funny in years. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. And by show, she means this, and as and by, by the way, uh, uh, Carrie, do you also mean the, uh, the SNL podcast? That show hasn't been funny in years? Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. That means yes. That means you need to subscribe right now to That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years at RadioMisfits.com. All right. Hey, by the way, we got a new Zanies uh, date that we are going to be talking about. Uh, it's going to be once a month now. These live podcast recordings and live podcast shows that I host with Esmeralda Leon are going to happen every single month at Zanies. We want to pack the place. We want uh, everybody to come out. And the next one, uh, we will tell you all about it when uh, Esmeralda gets here in a little bit. But right now... Um, Let's say hi to Dan Feinberg, shall we? Because Dan Feinberg knows a lot about TV, and we're going to talk all about kinds of, lots of really cool stuff to talk about with Dan. So uh, from The Hollywood Reporter, TV critic Dan Feinberg is going to join me after I actually say congratulations to you. Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap. Oh, yeah. Don't be a jaggle. Somewhere else, Dan Feinberg. Ah, yes. Every other week, we talk to Dan Feinberg. Uh, for my money, the best TV critic in the world. Writes for The Hollywood Reporter, has himself a blog and a website called The Fine Print, and that's spelled F I E N, like his last name, Feinberg. Uh, and uh, we talk with Dan. Dan, how are you, sir? 
I'm doing okay. How you doing, Nick? I'm okay. I am uh, in the midst as we record this. Uh, we are in a uh, um, a moment where a session of my radiator is working. So that hissing in the background, I'm not very far from the radiator. I live in a very old apartment in a very old apartment building, and I have the wonderful world of radiator heat. And that hissing in the background is not the crowd that hates me. It is actually my radiator. So that's a, for people who might be listening in the background, what's going on in the back? Uh, it's a radiator. And how cold is it actually there? It's not bad. It's, again, oh, knock, okay. knock wood. It's, it's about, uh, right now, I think it's about 20 degrees outside, something like that. I which mean, is, that you know, could for, be better. <laughs> well, no, not, I mean, no, no, no. I mean, it could be better, but also it could be much worse. In, oh, absolutely. I mean, in late January, come on. I mean, it could be, it could be 70 below. Uh, but yeah, no, my radiator is going. And in fact, um, yeah, I got a window cracked in the living room. Uh, so uh, there you go. That's <laughs> radiator heat, man. That's the, I'm sure you, have you ever had, you lived in Canada, so you've obviously. I've, I've never lived anywhere where there was a radiator. Also, as a, as a rule, okay, I mean, it's stupid to say, because I'm in Los Angeles, and therefore I never actually turn on the heat. I, yeah. I have, apart, I've had apartments that have had heat and never actually used them. Of course. Uh, but no, I have never, I, God, I'm trying to think, maybe, maybe an apartment in Philadelphia and college or something but otherwise no this is a this is a phenomenon i only know about from people pounding on their radiators on television shows it's a it's a there's a it's a it's a real comfort to it i'm when i moved into this apartment i've lived in this apartment now for about 11 years and i hadn't had radiator heat in a you know god geez i don't even remember the last time i had had radiator heat when i moved in here i was like oh that's charming there are radiators in here and then i forgot it around two or three in the morning clang 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 they start you know and i'm like oh that's right i forgot about that that's uh, and and now there's hissing while I'm recording a podcast, and it's uh, so. But that's 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 it. But it's warm in the apartment. And that's all that counts, as far as I'm concerned. So all that matters. Exactly. How you been? Uh, uh, you've been busy, obviously, because Sundance is here. And uh, for those people who might not know, you cover docs uh, and documentaries and things like that for Sundance, correct? Indeed. Uh, basically, there there are just so many darn movies uh, that premiere at Sundance and the THR movie critic team, which is quite excellent. Yes. Uh, it only has so many people and there are so many movies. So I always tend to lend a hand and review, I don't know, between five and ten or possibly more documentaries just because it's a kind of thing I enjoy doing. And yeah. also there's a there's a much lower chance of grave disappointment that comes from reviewing documentaries at festivals like this than the narrative films where sometimes they can just be straight up unwatchable. Most documentaries as a rule tend not to be unwatchable. At worst, they are 95 minutes to 100 minutes and maybe they're a little dull or something. But for the most part, they tend to always be interesting. And so it's a good chance to, to see a couple things. Also, the documentary marketplace is so television driven at yes. this point that of the documentaries I'm reviewing, several of them are already destined for Netflix. A couple of them are already destined for Apple TV plus. So it, you know, I think at least one is destined for PBS. I think at least one is an independent lens documentary. So basically yeah. it's, it's sort of pre reviewing things that I would have had to review in five to six months. So that's always nice. I'm ahead of things. Yay. Yeah. Well, exactly. And that's in, in I was going to bring that up because many of these we're going to see in some sort of t- television capacity. Which uh, which is which is very cool, and that's that's your gig. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, and if it, I mean, even the ones that actually, uh, you know, eventually that get a theatrical release and count as hits by documentary standards, they all tend to, uh, 
you know, this this is just where most people will end up seeing the movies. And so uh, something like Fire of Love, for example, uh, which, you know, obviously got a, a pretty big play and is considered yeah. a likely Oscar nominee. I reviewed yeah. it last year at Sundance and it's I think I think it has a Nat Geo airing coming up or maybe it's already on Disney Plus. In any case, they had a panel for it at uh at press tour a couple of weeks ago. So I know that at least they're the ones promoting it at this yeah. point. So, yeah, it made my top, uh, didn't make my top 20, but it made like, uh, my top 30 films of the year. It's um, a, it's a really, really good movie. It and, is. Uh, it's a terrific and I, movie. and I enjoyed it quite a bit at, at Sundance. And I think I, I think I've, I've been blurbed here and there for it. So yeah. yay. No, it's a good film. If, uh, if people have not heard of that, it's a, it's a very good one. Well, we'll get to some of those docs and some of the things in, uh, the fine print. Uh, you also have a podcast. Tell everyone about the podcast that you that you do. Indeed. Uh, my podcast is TV's Top 5. It is uh, the Hollywood Reporter's TV podcast. I do it with my colleague Leslie Goldberg. She is a tremendous reporter. I am not. So we approach things <laughs> from our different perspectives. Um, we had a couple down weeks for the end of December and then Leslie got COVID. So we've been kind of scrambling and doing kind of piecemeal podcast for the past couple weeks, but we have a full and regular podcast that will be coming out this Friday with the three creators of Apple TV Plus's Shrinking. So uh, mm. that's a thing to look forward to dropping on Friday, TV's top five, the numeral five. Got it. Okay. That's all through the Hollywood Reporter. And all of this stuff is uh, uh, highlighted and, uh, and, and, and featured at the fine print, F-I-E-N. Indeed, I, I right. will tweet it. I will. I will Facebook it. I will. All the content gets repurposed and and shot out in different directions at different times. So yeah. yay! Um, so I want to talk about uh, uh, before we get into you know the docs and some of the things that you reviewed for the fine for the fine print and some other stuff. I want to talk about SNL. Uh, not that I talk about it enough. I know I've launched. I don't know if you know this or not, uh, uh, Dan, but I've launched a second podcast and it's all about SNL. Well, um, you do you do enjoy talking about the Saturday Night I, Live, so it seems appropriate. And it's called That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years, an SNL podcast, uh, which is a sentence that I don't agree with, obviously, <laughs> which is why, ironically, I called it that. Um, and I'm two episodes in. The third episode drops uh, tomorrow. Um, and that episode is where I go through um, and tell people about 20 very famous people who at one time were cast members on SNL, and you might have forgotten them. Um, so that's the subject of the, the podcast that will drop on Wednesday. Tell me one, who is the famous person I'm forgetting was on SNL? Uh, wow. I don't know. Well, you, it wouldn't, it, it doesn't apply to you. It applies to oh, normal people. Okay. You know what I mean? Like you, you probably know that all of these people were at one point on Gilbert Gottfried. I'll give you that one. I, I vaguely remember that a little okay. bit. Like I vaguely remember that Anthony Michael Hall was on. There SNL, you go. But... Both of those people are discussed on the podcast. Perfect. Yes. So that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. And in the first episode that I did, uh, the entire episode is completely dedicated to the potato chip sketch, the Will Forte, uh, <laughs> uh, Jason Sudeikis, Blake Lively potato chip sketch, which is one of my favorite sketches of all time. And the entire episode is dedicated to that. And very possibly the best thing that Blake Lively has ever done. So. <laughs> All right. And then the second episode, which I'm, uh, which is out, which is now available uh, that I did last week, I interviewed, I had a lovely conversation with John Rudnitsky, um, oh, who obviously, you know, from a bunch of, uh, a bunch of things. Uh, um, uh, he did, he shot a show here. What was it called? The leap of uh, something. It was on for one season. Yes, there was the show. There was the show where they had the dance competition. Do you think that was yeah, definitely that, a show that existed? Yes. And it was shot here in Chicago and he spent four months here. We talked about that, but he spent the season on SNL. Great stories. I got to talk to him. I saw him 
he played a comedy club here in Chicago just last weekend. And I saw him over the weekend. It was great. Hung out with him. Very, very cool guy. And he has some great stories to tell specifically about the fact that he was one of the people that was there when Trump hosted. Uh, and has some very, very interesting stories, behind the scenes stories about that. So, but Sold. I've been having, I've been having, <laughs> yes, no, it's a great interview, by the way. He's fantastic. Uh, and that was fun. So those are the, you know, I'm very early doing this. I'm having a great time doing it. I love uh, SNL. I've been watching it since the very beginning. And I love to talk SNL with you. Um, we did not speak the last time. Uh, we didn't have time to talk about Cecily Strong leaving SNL, um, which is a big blow to the cast, I think. Um, uh, and kind of came out of nowhere. I, there were, you know, she was off for, for a few weeks doing a show and then came back and did a couple of shows and then left uh, this season. But what are your thoughts on Cecily Strong, her time spent on the show, uh, her contributions to the show, and the final show that they did with Cecily? I, I think that ultimately, basically, they she decided or they decided or whoever decided that they actually wanted to find a way to to give her a send off. And if they had chosen to do it in the finale where you had all of those other people saying goodbye, probably she wouldn't have gotten the I don't know, the platform she deserves. So I'm I'm fine with her coming back, missing like the first, as you say, four or five episodes and then coming back and, and doing the last three or four and letting herself get a real genuine send off where yeah. everyone got emotional, you know, people. And I, so I found it very sweet. All of the people who got emotional, whether it was Colin Jost, uh, well, complete with complete with the reminder that she had once hosted update. That was a yeah, nice, uh, <laughs> it was nice that they brought that up because I thought she was terrific as update as, you know, uh, uh, on update, but also it was a very, like that was a singularly sort of morose update date like they both seemed especially jokes they both seemed very sad delivering their jokes it just wasn't you know what i mean like it was like they knew that it was cecily's last show and update felt like a sad update <laughs> it, it definitely did the whole episode was was tinged with yeah was tinged with her departure and you know whether it was uh austin butler singing blue christmas or whatever everything was just a little bit blue and yeah. melancholy and yeah and that's that's probably what she deserved no i she She's just been great her entire run on the show. She's she's really a an incredibly versatile performer. She's one of those performers who can who can do a number of impressions and some of them are are really quite excellent and then she can also obviously be straight woman as required. She obviously is incredibly talented as a singer, so she's got that as her, uh, in her back pocket, etc. And so uh, she was she was just such a valuable part of the ensemble, and the show is going to miss her a tremendous amount. And we know how much the show is going to miss her because the episodes without her in the first half of the season were were really not very good for the most part. And it really did get a little bit of energy back when yeah. she returned. And so yeah. it's too bad that she is departing, but I'm sure she will get opportunities. And so good on her. Yeah. Uh, I, I, well, I loved Cecily. I thought she was great. Um, I've liked her. I liked her from the, from the get go. When she first came on the show, I thought she was a strong featured player and then just kept getting better and better and better. Um, and as you know, I think she's responsible for one of the greatest, uh, segments in the history of the show. Um, you know, the, the, the clown, um, uh, the clown abortion segment that she did on update, which she did kind of a sequel to as the truck driver, um, a few, a few episodes ago. Um, and that to me ranks as one of the best things that's ever been on the show. Um, one of the most personal things that's ever that any cast member has ever done. And and like you said, in in every sketch, she was great. No matter what she did, whatever position she was put in, 
She did her job, did it well, and was funny and multi-talented. And I'm going to miss her. I'm going to miss her. But you know what? I mean, she had a great run. So, and God bless her. And it's funny, you know, like, um, you know, during uh, uh, this past Saturday's show, uh, every other commercial break uh, was the Verizon commercial with her and uh, Paul Giamatti. So uh, she won't be forgotten. I know that much. She, she surely will not. And I assume that, uh, you know, if... <laughs> If situations conspire to require her to do a third different per- a, a third different profession with an interest in abortion rights, I assume she will pop up for that. I think that maybe there might have been consideration to keeping her around if it was necessary, like if Carrie Lake had yeah. actually won in Arizona. You know, if yeah. they need yeah, yeah. if they needed her for specific things, I'm sure she would have come back. And if for whatever reason somebody is nominated by either party and she's required back. I'm, I'm guessing she's the kind of person who would come back. If you would think so. Yeah. I mean, she would do, she would do the, she would do the Tina Fey thing when the Sarah Palin thing happened. So uh, I would imagine that that would happen with Cecily strong, but uh, she's absolutely going to be missed. There's no question about it. She was great. Um, And I do think that, you know, the strongest cast members of the past several years have always been the women. I've always thought that the, that the, that the women in the casts have consistently um, been better than the men. And I'm not saying that the men were bad, but I'm just saying that, the women have, in my opinion, for the past like 15 years, the women have been stronger than the men. And she was one of the strongest of those ladies. God, I mean, I feel like it's been longer than that because I don't know that the men ever really took the sh- Like there was. What? Yeah, there it has been the, longer. I'm sorry. I'm, yeah, yeah, you're right. There was, been there was the Molly Shannon, Sherry O'Terry. Uh, there was that initial group. Anna and that was the first yeah. time that. I, and uh, exactly. Anna Gasteyer. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the first time I remember the narrative being conspicuously yeah. the women are taking over SNL by yep. so much. Yep. And it's not like there weren't great male cast members at that particular point yeah but it, it's true and then i feel like the transition then into uh the Kristen wig and amy poehler era and then the transition into the kate mckinnon era i think yeah. that it's been a while since i really felt as if the men dominated the cast yep. even though obviously it's not like the men are in any way absent from the of course SNL cast of course not but no I, I agree it has been longer yes i mean shit i just i, I guess i had forgotten just how long it's you know what year we're in but yeah, no, uh, going all the way back, you know, to, to like 2000. Uh, so we're talking like 20 something years. And there was that period of time where Tina was the ad writer. Yes. Um, and, and, you know, that was a, an incredible, incredibly strong period of time for the women on SNL. So, and speaking of women on SNL, oh, see how I segue? See how good Nicely I am done. this? You're, yeah, you're a you. professional, Nick. Thank professional. you very much. I've got an award on the coffee table in the other room. So <laughs> um, Aubrey Plaza hosted SNL this week, and I was very, very excited about it. I was, it was one of my more anticipated, not because it was the first show of the new year, which is always fun, but because Aubrey Plaza, who, uh, for people who might not know, was actually a page at NBC, was actually an intern in the costume and set design uh, department of SNL, and uh, came back to host it. And knowing Aubrey Plaza and her work and her comic abilities, it, it just seemed like, wait a minute. It, it, when I heard that she was hosting, I'm like, wait, that's her first time hosting? Why would I think that it couldn't have been her first time? I don't know why. I just don't know what you would have thought that she would have hosted for previously. That's the thing. It's Parks like, and Rec I would have been my... Except, been. That, except that the show doesn't have TV people host. It's just not, it's yeah, not the thing yeah. that the show does. And certainly not broadcast TV people. The show always likes to think that it's better than that. And so other than if somebody had a broadcast show, but was also an SNL alum. And, and so they yeah. could do that. But I'm for just the most thinking, part, I'm trying, I was trying to think like Ray Romano hosted, but that was a long time. 
there there are occasional exceptions, <laughs> yeah. but it is still very rare. And yeah, I mean, obviously, the fact is now that everybody's a TV personality yes. because everybody does TV, but it's still yeah. you you don't get the person who's the star of a broadcast show, you know, yeah. and they certainly could. It's not like they couldn't have Quinta Brunson host the show right at this point or God, I'm trying to think of who the other stars of broadcast television are that's also the problem is people yeah. who are more particularly broadcast tv stars yeah they they george lopez <laughs> you could totally not have george lopez uh, <laughs> host. that would be that would be an episode right. i would happily <laughs> skip uh no i th- i yeah but but i and i wouldn't be surprised if they found a way to get quinta brunson on towards sure. the end of the season because she is sort of having her moment and she's yeah. the kind of performer who you could who you could do things with so yeah. i'm gonna hope that well, she gets I mean, her time. I guess the reason why I thought that was because Aubrey Plaza, Aubrey Plaza seems like the kind of person that should host SNL or even like be a cast member on SNL, um, you know, in theory. And so. I think and I think that probably the execution for the most part backed that up. I think I thought she I thought she was very good. And I thought aspects of the show around her were very good. I didn't think all of the show was very good. Agreed. I'm Agreed. I'm still trying to figure out what the avatar sketch yeah. even was i example. i don't i i i mean i i because i like heidi gardner uh, as much as i do and because i love aubrey plaza they made me smile during it i didn't know what the point was and clearly something weird happened to the costumes because uh when they cut to keenan he was obviously ad-libbing for a little bit and when they cut back aubrey plaza's ear was off it fell off her <laughs> costume ear was off and and i something happened to heidi's costume when they cut away um, and that's why, like, I think had, he had to pad. I think Keenan had to pad. And if anybody is going to do well padding, it's Keenan because he knows what he's doing. Um, but they had some technical issues, too, that right in the cold open, the camera was on Mikey Day when it shouldn't have been on Mikey Day. And um, that's been happening pretty frequently uh, where, you know, the cameras are in the wrong spot. And I don't know who's, you know, uh, I know Don Roy King left um, and isn't directing the show anymore. So maybe that has had an effect on it. But there were some technical issues as well on the show. I think the the Avatar sketch had whatever the technical aspects were to it that were already kind of ambitious. Like it was yeah, fun yeah. because we got to see the behind the scenes aspect of it and right. to see how much of it was done just in camera, which I thought was kind of interesting to see. Yeah, the whole blue can... thing. They weren't dressed in blue. That was all done through the camera. Yeah, yeah I thought that was kind of fascinating. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But mostly I just... I, I didn't feel like it was a sketch written by somebody who had actually watched the Avatar movie, and therefore I didn't understand what they were doing other than here's a piece of pop culture that that apparently is making lots of people happy or at least interested, so let's... I, I don't even know. But I think what they were shooting for, uh, uh, you know, I mean, having seen that piece of crap, I think what they were shooting for was the whole angle of, like, how the young characters in the movie talk, like a lot of bros... And a lot of this and that, you know, uh, among the young characters in Avatar. And I think that's what they, the satire they were shooting for was to have those people. I think that's what they were shooting for. I think that the, to, to have these, obviously these, what, 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 I don't even know what the hell they're called. The people that live on the, in the water, the, no, the sky people they're, or whatever. The they're hell they all, are. they're, well, they're, I mean, the blue people are all Navi. They're just Navi from different uh, right. tribes or sects or yeah, whatever. Yeah, so. whatever. But, but anyway, <laughs> I mean, I don't give a shit about any of that, but anyway, um, they were clearly the undercover Navi and they were speaking like the whole, but like in but the like movie, that wasn't the, but like that wasn't the plot of the movie. No, but there was a lot, but there was, no, there was, they, they, they weren't accepted. The, the, 
the family wasn't accepted. They, you know, the young kids were being picked on by the kids because they were not of the same. Yeah, but everyone knew that. It wasn't like there was some sort of, oh, my God, we just discovered. It wasn't like people were, were suspecting people of being undercover Skywalker well, agents. No, but wasn't there like a, wasn't, isn't the, <laughs> isn't the jarhead jagoff bad guys? Those guys go, went undercover, right? They are, I mean, but they never, but they never attempt to actually oh, infiltrate the community. So right. anyway, I, this, this is more than I want to discuss Avatar ever in my life. But anyway, I, I agree completely. <laughs> This but was, anyway, this was not my intent. No, no I got gotcha. you. But anyway, so yeah, that sketch. I don't know. I, I think that's what they were shooting for was the whole because people people made fun of the dialogue with a lot of the bros and stuff. I think that's what they were. And the mis you know, the mispronunciation of the names, I guess, was a joke that they were shooting for. <sighs> I don't some, know. That is lo- thin humor right there. It's it's a low bar. I'm not saying it's it's a, <laughs> but I think that's what they were going for. And, and it's on- not even like I require anything all that extensive like i found the miss universe sketch to be very funny <laughs> i did speak <laughs> and it based on 61 yeah. second viral clip that went yeah. around on twitter last week there yeah. was no substance to it substance to it other than that miss france said her name funny right and that That's was it. the premise That's and it. i laughed at it every single time aubrey me plaza too. said france me too yeah. i laughed at, i laughed when tony hawk held up the thing and yelled france i thought that was absolutely funny. i thought that was that sketch was as you said as and obviously it was the 1140 sketch because everybody you know if you're online, you knew that clip and it was right out of the gate and it got in it and it got the ladies to do some funny stuff, you know, and they did. And I thought that I thought that was funny. I think obviously the highlight of the entire show for me was Black Lotus. The Black Lotus thing I thought was I thought it was hilarious. And I also thought it was really kind of inspired to have Aubrey Plaza not play the character that she played in White Lotus, which I expected her to be that character. Um, no, it was it was amusing, and the and the reminder that she's uh, Puerto Rican, and to yeah. and to let her let to, to let her ham it up a little bit. Absolutely. I think was probably amusing. Absolutely, I thought that was funny, and I also it just in a very small. I thought for some reason I really loved Sarah Squirt, uh, Sarah Sherman's um, Haley Lou uh, Richardson. I don't know why it was just little teeny things. She got to speak for like two lines, but I thought she was hilarious in the two lines that she got to speak in that. So I thought that was it was great. there. There were some good things. I also thought that the the second of the uh, Sam Smith musical performances was was hypnotically strange, I, and I could not turn away from it. I didn't know what. To, for people who might not know, he did a song. It was he was surrounded by a, a, a choir that was in black robes, and they were singing. And in the middle of the stage, on a chaise lounge, was inexplicably Sharon Stone. Um, and I, and I and I've been trying to figure out what it was. The song's called Gloria. Was it a tribute to the remake that she was in? I do because she was I, in the I'm remake of Gloria. No, I, but that is that is a, that is quite the connection that you made. I would not. That's have the first thing that. that popped into my head. I was like, oh, this song is called Gloria. So I don't know. Is that what it is? I just appreciated the fact that I was not sure until it was over if it was actually a musical performance or if it was a sketch. <laughs> And I simply wasn't sure if at some point one of the background singers was going to um, was going to remove their thing and it was going to be Sarah Sherman for some reason. And yeah. then I was going to be like, I don't know why that was what it was happening. Right. But that was what was happening. So yeah. I could not turn away from that. 
and I have no interest whatsoever in Sam Smith as an artist. Me neither. Uh, but I still, I still found that hypnotic. So. Me too. I didn't know what the hell was going on. And then they did the bad twelve fifty sketch, the film noir thing, and brought uh, Sharon Stone in because she was there and she does film noir. That's her voice. Exactly. And we have, and we haven't even talked about the fact that uh, that Amy Poehler was there to yes. to reprise her role as as Leslie Nope, and that was that was perfectly emotional. And I was, was I was lovely. happy to see them together. Again. It was so. lovely. And 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 again, the strongest part of the episode. Besides Black, uh, Black Lotus segment was Update. I thought Update was great. Um, and you can always pretty much count on Update as far as I'm concerned. And uh, and I thought that that whole segment of bringing back, back Leslie Nope uh, and April was funny. I thought it was lovely and it made me happy. And I'm trying to think of the other. I thought the Megan thing was pretty funny. Um, I thought that I, you know what I actually laughed at that I don't think anybody else laughed at. I thought the the um, the HIV uh, medication commercial thing was funny. Um, and I thought it gave um, Devin Walker something to do other than hold props. Well, he got to do Michael Strahan. Yes, too, he also did Michael Strahan, which he didn't yeah. do very well. I, no. I did not find yeah. anything in that intro to be at all funny, unfortunately. But yes, that was an entire sketch built around uh, Devin Walker, which yeah. was which was yeah. nice. I don't feel like they've done enough of that. So. I agree. Yeah, I agree. So, that, so overall, I didn't think it was a great episode. Uh, it was hit and miss for the most part. Um, the taboo where they're playing the taboo. I, there were one of the taboo where they're playing the game. Uh, Aubrey Plaza was relying a lot on on the cue cards, which is fine, uh, I guess. Uh, but it had no ending. Like like four sketches yes. had no yes. ending. There were like four sketches on Saturday Night Live last week that had absolutely no ending. Just like okay, applaud now. Uh, it okay. is that is that is one hundred percent accurate, and it was unusually so. Like yeah, like. Yeah. My my DVR was causing problems, and so I kept having to rewind and start sketches over, and I missed the Avatar sketch twice because I kept jumping over it. Yeah. But anyway, I kept fast-forwarding through sketches, and I kept pondering yeah. the fact that I couldn't remember how any of them Absolutely, because they didn't have endings. That's <laughs> they why. Didn't, they didn't have capping punchlines, and no, I don't understand not at all. why. There was no, they're absolutely right. There was no button on any of them. I mean, it's like, wait a minute. Because like the, the, the taboo thing specifically, I remember, because I actually thought that was kind of funny. And then I'm like, what the hell? Just what? And that happened so many times. You're absolutely right. I was like, what is that? Because I guess they put the applause sign on. All right, everybody. The scene's over. Okay. Yeah. Odd. Odd. And we'll yeah. see if that continues to be more and more the case going yeah. forward or not. So, um, why am I blanking on who's hosting this week? Um, uh, that would be Michael B. Jordan hosting. This yeah. Week. Yeah. Michael B. Jordan, which I'm looking forward to. Uh, be interested to see how he does. He's pretty good and he can do multiple things. I, I think my, my fear is that this is one of those uh, guest hosts where at least half of the sketches will be about how handsome he is. Because uh, there are like certain <laughs> yes. guest hosts where yeah. they run out of ideas and it becomes like five sketches in the show yeah. that are like, wow, you're really handsome. Yeah. Well, they did that <laughs> to I, a certain they did that to a certain extent with Austin Butler. Um, to, yeah, a little bit. I think I think Austin Butler probably has more limitations. Also, I we do. just haven't really we just haven't really gotten to the point at which anyone is like, hmm, maybe he's just a one trick pony. <laughs> oh, you know, I no, I agree with that. Uh, I actually thought he did a better job than I expected. I, I'm, he I, he and, was and very were, he was entirely game. I give absolutely. him full credit. He absolutely. went out and he did that thing. So yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And I thought that was a strong show. I actually think that might be one of the strongest shows of the season. Was the hmm. uh, was the Austin Butler one? It made me laugh. Oh, okay. I think so. But anyway, I'm looking forward to Michael Jordan and uh, and SNL, and we, we can talk about it more um, uh, the next time you're on. Now, I want to get to some of these docs, particularly. 
uh, these are again these are docs that you're reviewing in connection with this with Sundance I I really am so interested and I know that this is obviously the first one I'm going to ask you about is the Michael J. Fox documentary um, and they screened it at Sundance my friend was there and Michael J. Fox got a huge standing ovation and um, and I'm hearing good things about it it's called Still correct Still colon a Michael J. Fox movie okay and it's a documentary about Michael J. Fox correct it is. Uh, I would have got. It would have been nice to have been there because I assume that that the standing ovation for Michael J. Fox at Sundance was a a really cathartic thing. I would have yeah. liked to have seen that. Um, yeah. No, it's it's a good documentary. It's uh, it is directed by Davis Guggenheim, who I consider to be one of the most anonymous and unremarkable documentarians out there, <laughs> despite the fact that he has an Oscar for an Inconvenient Truth, which he does. Yeah, he does. is vaguely ridiculous yes. but vaguely? what can you do <laughs> i look it was he it was an oscar for being well-intentioned and i understand yep. that it is still very strange that that filmed powerpoint presentation somehow <laughs> actually won awards yeah. in addition to being well-intentioned is something a little bit strange but I agree. anyway I agree. so that's his oscar and his subsequent movies they're they're all just sort of average. He did one about the educational system that was average. He did one about uh, Malala, which was average. It's it's kind of the thing he does. This is, without any question for me, the best thing he's ever directed. And it's also the thing that has the most distinctive style. The style is that uh, a lot of the stories that Michael J. Fox is telling um, are put together using a mixture of both reenactments and out-of-context clips from Michael J. Fox performances. So it's a lot of, of mixed, it's kind of a collage effect wherein they use moments from Secret of My Success to sort of represent Michael J. Fox as a struggling young actor, uh, scrambling, trying to get parts, and, and sort of out-of-context clips that are are very well utilized um, and it builds a story in a way that kind of blurs the lines between actor and role that I thought was, was really interesting and, mm. and really mm-hmm. almost bordering on experimental in a way that I would never expect from Davis Guggenheim, but okay. Okay. it's a, it's a lot of Michael J. Fox just talking about his life and you know, his health is what his health is, but you're kind of watching it and, and, feeling the two ways the the one way that he sounds completely like Michael J Fox and his stories are are vivid and told with humor and and told with some sadness but then you also see him that in the difficulties he just has walking and and just the simplicity of walking down the street as a thing that he requires rehabilitation in order to do it all and he uh he's very very candid about what happens if he does and doesn't take his his Parkinson's meds uh, promptly? And Davis Guggenheim does a really good job of of asking him the right questions about his health that are that are the things that people who care about Michael J. Fox want to know. And as somebody who who grew up watching Family Ties and and all of those Michael J. Fox movies, he is an indelible part of my youth. And of course, yeah. And there's a poignancy to seeing him now, but there's also a joy to seeing the fact that he is still, he's still enjoying quality time with his family. He's still making sure that he's out there being an advocate, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that there's probably a, as I said in my review, I think there are more thorough versions of the Michael J. Fox story that someone could make where it kind of delves into individual movies a bit more, you know, that goes into 
here's what casualties of war was for him and stuff like that. Yeah. And this is not that movie. Uh, but I, I think it's really satisfying. It's it's hard to watch it without getting teary-eyed, and it's going to be on Apple TV Plus, so it, it will be right there and easily accessible for people. So right. okay, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm here. I'm, I'm glad to hear it's. I'm I'm glad to hear that it's good. And my friend said that being in that room when Michael J. Fox came in was pretty spectacular. Yeah, so. I can I can only imagine because yeah. it is the mo- the movie is is a total celebration of Michael J. Fox and it is a movie that plays completely to your nostalgic centers of of God, you know, Back to the Future was meaningful to me. God, uh, I mean even Teen Wolf actually sure. gets uh yeah. pretty solidly represented. Yeah. Uh and so yeah, that that would have been a good movie. Sad okay. sad to have missed that. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm looking forward. Does it? Is there a? Is there a timetable as to when it's going to be on not. Apple Com- TV? Coming okay. in, coming in 2023. Okay, but it's a, uh, uh, it will be on Apple TV. Okay. Cool. Yes. Is there I'm, one more doc that you would like to focus on? Um. Uh, um. I think it, I think it will be interesting to see how people respond to the deepest breath, which is a a uh, a free diving documentary that is already destined for Netflix. So it you know has a guaranteed home that people are going to be able to to check it out in, and it is about a uh, free land, a free diving record holder from Italy, and it's intercut with a story of a free diving safety diver, and it's full of astonishing underwater photography, and it's uh, it's just full of of high tension and beautiful aquatic cinematography, but then it it kind of has a twistiness that I don't love. It has it uses real life events in a twisty way that that causes me a little bit of discomfort. I'm going to be very curious to see how people respond to it. Cause I think that it's a documentary that's easy to respond to and that is entirely engaging and exciting to watch. It's just going to cause some people some ickiness when it comes to yeah. processing what it's doing. And so yeah. I'll be curious to see how okay. people deal with that one. And again, that one's Netflix. So. Netflix and it's called deepest breath. Okay, great. Um, so we have more reboots and, uh, and, and, you know, we're going back to the old stuff. Um, by the way, can I get your thoughts on what you think of the new Frasier that's coming up, considering there's not going to be Niles, considering John Mahoney has passed away. Um, and there's no Roz from what I understand. Um, I, why? (laughs) It doesn't feel wholly necessary to me. Uh, on the other hand, I don't know that anyone would have told you that the, original was wholly necessary i mean it was a it was a spinoff of cheers with one character who was a supporting player on cheers and nobody else it had an entirely different tone and palette from cheers and and it was obviously a classic and so people love it and so (laughs) there's a point at which i start giving people vaguely benefits of the doubt uh in the same way that if the if the Breaking Bad Better Call Saul guys said that they wanted to do another spinoff there, I would say, I don't know that I need this, but I can watch that and see what they do. Mm. Uh, t- to me, probably there are too many people who were too essential to the original yeah. show who simply aren't involved or with us anymore. And I don't know how it will play without them. And I don't I, know that it sounds like it's just going to be kind of son of Frasier. And I don't yeah. know that that's a horrible idea. I just don't know that I I have inherent goodwill for it. Uh, me too. I just I mean, look, you know, uh, I I love Frasier. I think it's a great show. And and but the thing is that I love as much as you know as as good as Kelsey Grammer was on that show, and he was terrific. I mean, all the characters, the supporting characters, are so great. And I mean, none of them are coming back. And I you know, 
Like, having no Niles to me is just absurd. Like, you know, I, that to me is just – and I understand John Mahoney has passed away, and you can work around that, I guess. Although he was a key component as to why that show worked so well. He was brilliant on it. Um, he so I, he I don't know. was, but – I, but on the other hand, it does give the show kind of an instigating background event that yeah. could work. I, yeah. I the the problem is is always going to be is the writing up to snuff, and the yeah. writing wasn't always up to snuff on on the original series sure. either. It 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 sort of had the better later, and worse the, moments. The later seasons were were not nearly as good as the first few. Yeah, I, I so um, so so it's going to come down to can they get people who actually get what the sensibility is, and if right. they can, maybe it'll be good, and if they can't, it could be pretty dire. So All right, well, that brings us to Night Court. Um, so <laughs> I have not watched it yet. Uh, I was never a big fan of the original. I watched it every once in a while, but again, this is like, and I I don't like the 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 whole. Big Bang thing. I didn't even know who she was. I, I didn't even, like, when I saw the trailers for it, I was like, who is the woman who is... I, that's how much I don't know about the Big Bang Theory or, you know, don't watch it. I had no idea who Michelle Rauch was. Uh, I, I, I was like, who is that? And, and she plays Harry's son or daughter. I'm sorry, daughter. Is that right? <laughs> she is indeed Harry's daughter. Okay. So Night Court, which is a show that I watched, you know, every once in a while. Uh, but obviously the big draw here is Lara Kett, who rules. Um, and so w- what did you think of Night Court? And, and I guess it's doing spectacularly well. People are yeah, watching I, it. I, it's doing spectacularly well within the confines of nothing does spectacularly well on broadcast television okay. anymore. All right. I got you. But on I the other you. hand, within that context, absolutely. It had, a, it had a huge premiere. Now, of course, NBC has been promoting it. Yes. Utterly relentlessly, yes, both during the Golden Globes, but also countless sporting events. It, it was their big thing that they needed to be a hit. And so the fact that it at least opened is is very encouraging for them. Uh, mm-hmm. And the show is the show's inconsistent, which is what I always thought the original was as well. I think that people have their rose colored glasses oh, that yeah. they look back on certain things from their youths with. And I think that Night Court is one of those things. I think people remember whatever segments of the show they loved and forget the long stretches that weren't nearly as good. And it probably wasn't the same for everybody, but the show had a lot of cast changes over the years. And so whatever your platonic ideal for the ideal cast of that show happened to have been, uh, you know, that that cast might have been there for three years or five years, and probably the number of episodes that were really great in that time was a few. It was yeah. a show that had that was an above average multicamp sitcom in a period where the multicamp sitcom was getting a little stale. So it stood out above that. And it had John Larroquette, who was always fantastic. Always. And so yeah. what the new version has is John Larroquette, who's <laughs> absolutely fantastic. Okay. And <laughs> And that's what it has. It, it the, the supporting characters, some of them are okay. Some of them are, are uh, some of the guest stars are appealing and amusing. Uh, like Wendy Malick has an episode as uh, John Larroquette's love interest. And Wendy Malick is having a really good supporting moment. She also has an important supporting role in, in Shrinking, the Apple TV Plus show with Harrison uh-huh. Ford and Jason Segel. She's got mm-hmm. a very good role in that uh incidentally i should add that shrinking also features heidi gardner in a third tier supporting role really uh they're not advertising it because it really is a a third tier supporting role but it is a recurring role she pops up throughout the entire show oh uh 
and okay. see now I've now I've given you something to be curious about. It's it's also it's also a pretty good show. It's okay. uh it's it's kind of got a big heart. It definitely has elements of Ted Lasso to it. Uh, and Harrison Ford is terrific. It's a good reminder that oh, good. when that when you give Harrison Ford the chance to be funny, a la Working Girl, he's mm-hmm. extremely funny. Yep. So uh, oh, so yeah. Cool. That's cool. But anyway, so that's so Wendy Malick. She's in one episode of uh, Night Court. Of Night Court, you wouldn't necessarily want to watch just for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the, the show is the show's hit and miss. There are a couple episodes that I thought were above average, uh, a couple episodes that I thought were really bad. The pilot is is decidedly mixed. I, I wouldn't tell anyone to watch or not watch based on it. It's sort of eh. But yeah, Larroquette is good. And they do a decent job, I think, of capturing basically the tone and feel of the original. And mm-hmm. so... Yeah, but it's okay. it's not necessary. It's not any more or less necessary than than that '90s show on Netflix, which oh. also isn't really necessary. But yeah. whatever. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I you know, I, and again, this is weird. I, I'm just realizing this that Night Court and Cheers are kind of connected because uh, the character that Harry Anderson plays on uh, on Cheers is similar. Was he related? But it was, I mean, the reason he got the gig on Night Court was because of Cheers. Yes, he, ha- he has the character who does magic in the first season of, of Cheers. I remember yeah. that much, and I yeah. can definitely see how they would be connected. He was a con man. Yes, he is a con man on yeah. Cheers, and yeah, he's, he's good. But, yeah. but in any case, Cheers is a show that, for the most part, people's uh, rose-colored glasses aren't rose-colored. Cheers was really just oh, a great no. show. No, no, yeah. No, Cheers was good. <laughs> consistently yeah. <laughs> which which yeah. which is why yeah. if anyone decides they want to reboot cheers that's probably a bad idea whereas yeah. Yeah. you know if you, you know, want to reboot night court go ahead and do it that's a topic we should do sometime is like shows that we look back on with rose-colored glasses i think that's something we should we should look into doing like a special on that uh, give me give me a little bit of warning and i could absolutely come no, with no, a no. small I, handful of yeah them. i mean no no i'm just saying that like we'll plan it <laughs> but i think that that would be a fun topic to just to to go off on is shows with that we look back on with rose colored glasses. The problem is that my glasses are so clear that I don't. I look back <laughs> on everything exactly as they were. It's hard to have hindsight that is as as perfect as mine. I got gotcha. you. Uh, but you know, right. some well, some people could learn from we'll my find, perfect hindsight. Okay, we'll find something. <laughs> we'll have to find something. All right. Um, all right. So so uh, now, is it wrong that I'm really looking forward to the return of American Auto? Have you seen any of the? I have seen one episode of the new season of American Auto, and it is it is on par with where it was last season, which is sort of an above average show elevated yeah. by a a really good cast and a, a a pretty solid comic sensibility. I again, I've seen one episode which follows in the immediate aftermath of the finale, which was with all of the the American auto people uh, with all of them facing a catastrophe or a crisis. And the, the first episode follows along from that. And I thought it was, I thought it was funny. It's, it's a show that, that I will just keep casually mentioning to people that they probably would like. It's not one of those where I can be like, if you don't watch this, you're, you're destroying everything that's good about television, but it's the, the kind of show that I wish got a little bit more conversation. So here we are talking about American auto because it's an above average broadcast comedy. I think it's really terrific. I got to say, uh, I was very, I laughed a lot during it. I thought there were some really laugh out loud moments. And, um, I have to say that, uh, uh, it was, Anna Gasteyer is hilarious on it, and and I mean she's always good. I think, 
but like she's particularly it's a particularly strong and hilarious character that she gets to play on it so i, I think she is very good and i think i think the whole cast is sort of on her too. level i think it's a well it's a well composed uh cast mm-hmm. and and yeah i i like me some some uh, american auto so yeah i do watch. too i i do too i think it's very funny and i and i was uh i was happy to uh to to see it coming back it's been gone for uh, uh, longer than usual, right? I mean, no, it ended in in spring, and it basically did? just oh, wow. yeah, it did, it ended in spring, and then sort of held back to mid season. So definitely, okay. it's been it's been away for a little bit, but it was All a right. it was a mid season show, and it premiered. So so maybe it might have uh, premiered in January, so it might have ended in March, which might have been a, a hair longer than sometimes. Yeah. But it just seems like it's been gone a long time, and I'm happy it's back. <laughs> I'm gonna so. find out now because I like to know right. information. By uh, the way, the before li- <laughs> before we go, I do want to mention that I posted something on my Facebook page on social media about how much I love Welcome to Flatch, and people came out of the woodwork, my friend. I am not the only one, or at least on my feed. <laughs> and and Karen Huey came out. Karen Huey, who is one of the stars of it, and she I'm now friends with her on Facebook. She's like, hey, thanks for liking our show. And she's See? very funny on it. And there so now I'm, I am Facebook friends with Karen Healy, who, we, who I'm very, uh, very uh, thrilled with. But yeah, I guess there are more people watching the show than just me. I didn't know that. I, every time I, I talk to you, I just... accept that. So. But I think the fact that the stars of the show are making friends with every person who's <laughs> yeah, a right. fan of the show. Right, no, that's true, yeah. <laughs> suggests that while there might be more than one, there right. might be fewer right. than 20. I'm going to have coffee with Stifler in about half an hour. So I think that's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you you could be for all I know. He he seems like he would not be the most no. available member no, of the cast, no. but that's what I'm saying. That was yeah. But I still love Welcome to Flash. I do. Uh, so anyway, all right. Well, what do you what are we looking for? I mean, you're going to be watching a lot more docs here because uh, Sundance is still happening. Indeed, I've got a few more of those. Uh, as I mentioned, um, uh, Shrinking is is really pretty good. Okay. Um, I can't I can't give a full review to Poker Face because of embargoes, but oh, uh man, but I, I like wait. it. I that is wait. that is all I'm saying. Oh man, I can't wait. Um and then have you started watching The Last of Us? I yeah. have. Uh, I watched our, both episodes. I like it. I do. I, I do. Uh and as I said last time I was on the third episode, which is the one that's yep. airing next weekend is yep. is the real standout. I'm so in. that's that's I'm kind def- of the best thing that's coming at the moment. I'm, I'm definitely in and I'm done with uh, Mayfair Witches. I watched the second episode. I'm done. Yeah, two two episodes were all yep. I needed on that yep. one. Also, I'm done. So, so okay, all right, we agree on that. All right, Dan, always a pleasure. Thanks, man, and uh, we will talk to you uh, in a, in a couple of weeks. Until the next time, Nick. Okay, buddy, take care. All right, that's Dan Feinberg, and uh, check him out at the Fine Print F I E N. Let's say hello to Esmeralda Leon. Esmeralda, yeah, Esmeralda Leon, yeah, Esma. I'm talking about that Esma. Esmeralda Leon, yeah, Esmeralda, yeah, yeah, Esmeralda Leon, yeah, yeah, get yourself some asthma, love me some asthma, Esmeralda Leon, yeah, Esmeralda. Ah, you hear that theme, you know, it can only mean one thing, and that is... Esmeralda Leon. Hi, Esmeralda. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. Pretty cool. Good. Um, Oscar nominations came out today. I guess oh. I'm. De- I, I, I guess I'm delighted. Are you or I'm disappointed? Angry. Oh. I don't know really what to make of them yet. Because yeah, they came out early this. 
It came out early this morning. Not tomorrow morning, but it was this morning. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And I was delightfully... So excited for the nominees. I am pleasantly surprised, I guess. It's it's just, it's an honor just to be nominated. (laughs) That's exactly right. I guess I had fun on Cochran's show this morning talking about the (laughs) Oscar nominations. Uh, Yeah. So I do know this, though, for sure, that the Razzie nominations were announced. Um, They were announced two days ago on uh, Monday or yesterday. And were they all deserved? (laughs) Uh, I didn't even read it because I hate the Razzies. And uh, Mm, the the headline read thusly, the headline read blonde leads Razzie nominations, Uh, including including a nomination for Worst Actress by Anna uh, uh, DeArmas. Oh, Uh, wow. And you know how much oh, I love that movie I, with uh, with that guy I hate, Ben Affleck. Is it that movie? <laughs> no, no, no. It's Blonde, where she played Marilyn Monroe. Uh, oh, Blonde. Yeah. See, that's funny because isn't that supposed to be when people like peen themselves over that movie about Blonde? Mm-hmm. Oh no, people hated it. I I peed over it. It was really. It I was, thought they got like a a ten minute oh standing oh, yeah, yeah, ovation. Yeah. You, can't, you can't judge <laughs> movies by the ovations that they get at film festivals. Yeah, but they're the ones that are going to vote. Uh, not for in like the, Oscars. Yeah, I know, but not really. No, not really. No, not really? film festival. Oh huh. no, 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 no. The Academy is made up of people in the business. Film festivals are people. Uh, who run film festivals that want attention. So they will give 10-minute ovations to movies that don't deserve 10-minute ovations. They have nothing to do, like Cannes has nothing to do with the Academy and Berlin and all these other films, Toronto. None of those festivals are not connected at all with the Academy. But let let me just clarify this. Blonde is a fucking great movie. It's a great movie, and it was one I of my favorites of the it. year. Um, <laughs> and everybody hated it because it was really a tough movie to watch, and it was disturbing and um mm-hmm. and unforgiving and the reason why people hated it so much at least in my estimation is because the movie t- turned the camera around onto us as fans um mm. and blamed us for the shit that Marilyn Monroe had to go through as yeah. s- someone who had to like live <laughs> up to that image and yeah, it's a, she did no yeah, absolutely i mean fault. she fucking drug yeah. she she died young she had drug problems uh, she came from a very fucked up family and um, but the movie was relentlessly depressing, and like like it is it's almost it's like two and a half hours long, and it is there there um no it's it's <laughs> it is I not mean, a, she didn't have she didn't as much as we like to think she did she did not have a happy life no she didn't and the movie is relentless about that and also really takes us as targets. The, the movie is, a, we should, like when that movie is over, people are like, oh my God, it was just so relentless, blah, 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 it was depressing. Well, the movie, the, the point of the movie was that we should feel like shit after we watch it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like when you, you should. And she's fucking amazing in it. Anna de Armas is incredible in the movie. And the other thing is that people seem to forget is that the movie is based on a novel. It is not... Mm. Like an you know an authorized autobiography. It is not about her life. It's about it's a very surrealistic movie that is about the image of Marilyn Monroe. It, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yes, like the, you know, there are sequences you know that happened in real life, and she did you know marry Arthur Miller and have a relationship and marry you know Joe DiMaggio and all that stuff is in the movie, but it's done in a very surrealistic way, and people seem to forget it's based on a fucking novel. It's not. <laughs> 
So, but anyway, but now these jagoffs at uh, at Razzies are like, oh, worst movie of the year, Razzies, blah 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 blah, and she's gonna get worst actress. Are you fucking kidding me? Like it's like one of the best performances of the year. Interesting. So, yeah. So fuck the Razzies, you know. And uh, but but Tom Hanks did get two nominations. He he got one for Pinocchio, for a Razzie, and he got one for um, Colonel Tom Parker and Elvis. And I'll tell you something, he does deserve those Razzies. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's good for them. Yeah, oh, the Razzies. <laughs> always, I've always. Hey, had you know what? That means people are watching. Yeah. Well, maybe more people. They may will not see... like it, but you know. Well, you know, maybe like people see and go, "Ah, eh, maybe I'll watch this Blonde movie." I think Blonde is an amazing film. It was one of my favorite movies of the year. And again, I I have warned people: it's not a pleasant experience. You're going to be very <laughs> depressed, and there are sequences in the movie where you're going to like, "Oh my god!" I. Mm-hmm. And it's NC-17 because there's a very long forced oral sex scene in the movie um, where she is forced to give oral sex to John Kennedy. And, you know, and it goes on for a very long time. But it's about what she, you know, stylistically what she went through, what at that time the president of the United States put her through. Mm-hmm. I, it's it, it's a it's. It's undaunting, this movie. And I thought it was great. And the guy who directed it directed um, uh, The Assassination of uh, Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford, which is one of my favorite movies of the past, like, 20 years with Brad Pitt and Casey Affleck. Um, so that guy can get a pass. Andrew Dominic is his name. <laughs> so, well, there you go. <laughs> but anyway. But, yeah, those Oscar nominations were quite something this morning on Steve Cochran's show. Mm-hmm. They were fun. Remember listening to that this morning, Esmeralda? Yep. <laughs> anyway all right well that's uh, something that we can talk about i'll talk about it with the guys the next time they're in we'll talk about the uh eric and steve and i will talk about uh, the oscar nominations the next time they're in which is i think a um a week from friday uh yeah that's the next time they're on so anyway uh did you have an interesting uh, weekend of fun activities no (laughs) (laughs) all right Okay. Uh, did, now, did you have to continue dog sitting, or did that is that over with? No, that's that one is over with. Mm-hmm. I actually have one um, in about a week or so. Oh, you're doing it? And is, um, is it different for a different dog? Yeah, yeah, it's a set of two, like Pomeranian looking dogs. Okay. All right. Do you get along with these dogs? Yes. Oh. Oh, wait. There's a the question. times that we've walked. <laughs> oh, they're okay. fine, I guess. No. Mm-hmm. But we'll find out, like, because right. usually their owners are because they work from home. So right. Oh, I see. We'll They're see when there. Okay. When it's just me and the dogs, and then they just start going fucking nuts because you're going to be there alone, and they know to take it. They take advantage of you. Well, we'll see. Okay. They're like, very oh. tiny, so. Oh god! Yeah, they're Pomeranians. Oh god! Oh man! That 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 that. Are they that kind of dog? Do they do that kind of shit? I mean, yeah. I mean, oh, any man. little dog is that dog. Yeah. Okay. What are the names of these dogs? Scout and Puck. Okay, I like the names. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> that, is, is, is Puck because they're fans of Shakespeare or because they're fans of uh, the real world? <laughs> right. I I hope it's not the real world. I was going to say because be if that if the if the one dog uh, is a homophobic jagoff, then it's the fans of the real world. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the case. <laughs> so, yeah! uh oh, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anyway. Uh, our, uh oh. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I Hi. love Nick's show. Hi, Carrie. Hi. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, All right. and I love Nick's show. Now, Carrie, remember, you got to make room. My dad's coming over. So, all right, I'll see you. Yeah, don't tackle little... him like last time. Hi, I'm Carrie All right, Russell, Carrie, and I take it easy. I love Nick's show. All right, go back outside. Right. So we're about a little bit over a month away from the release of Cocaine Bear. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, so I, I will be hearing from my local uni- uh, Universal rep to see if we can get... Uh, the, the well, Carrie Russell, as you know, the real Carrie Russell actually still lives on my back porch, but the actual real yes. Carrie Russell. Yes, she'll never do that. I guarantee you. <laughs> anyway, uh, we have a magic megaphone message that I will get to. Uh, again, I'm a monkey. I am, uh, you know, I, you tell me what to say into the magic megaphone. A phrase, a secret message, a code, a joke. A reference, a movie line, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, drop me an email, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Say, hey, Nick, I want you to say this into the magic megaphone and it will magically be out into the ether. Nickdpodcast at gmail.com for those uh, messages and any email that you want in general, anything. And uh, you want to leave a voicemail, 773 417 6948. So I got a, a magic megaphone. We've got uh, some more. Uh, well, we're going to move on to some. Now these are these are Kit Kats from around the world, correct? The, you know, everybody's um, familiar. No, I think these are all Japanese. They're all Japanese. Okay. I believe so. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, they look I to th- be. It, yeah, that looks I to think be the for case. the most part they're all Japanese. Okay, so we've got Japanese. Now these are or Asian, <laughs> Asian. We'll go okay. Asian. Okay. A- yeah, just to play it safe because we might not. I. Yeah. So that's that's what. Yeah, that's what it looks like. They are Asian. Japanese, uh, or sorry, well, that's, yes, that's part of Asia. So uh, they are Asian versions of the Kit Kat bar that we all know and love. Yes. Uh, with the cookie, with the cookie, no, the cookie crunch is uh, Twix. In Kit Kat, it, they're, they're wafers. It's just like, yeah, it's just a wafer. Okay, it's a wafer. So we've got some Japanese or Asian Kit Kats to taste test mm-hmm. uh, with wonderful uh, packaging. We'll do that in a little bit as well. So that's all coming up. And uh, and also, uh, you will not be at our next Zanies event, which makes me very sad, Esmeralda. But you are going to have fun. You're going to Mexico. Yeah, I will be on a beach. All right. Well, that's <laughs> that's much better place to be than in. Yeah. By that time, by that time, by the time the show is on, I will be. Well, we'll probably have dinner or something. <laughs> right. But I will be in Mexico. <laughs> you will be in Mexico, where it will be approximately, probably eighty degrees warmer than it will be here. That would be. Oh my, yeah. I would guess for sure. And uh, how, long, sure. how much time are you spending in Mexico this this uh, Just this four days. Oh, that's cool. That's fun. Um, you will not miss any any of our regular podcasts, but you will not be at the live uh, Yes, unfortunately. So, uh, so uh, the lovely Amy Guth will be sitting in for you, Esmeralda. Very nice. I asked Amy. I was like, hey, you want to sit in for Esmeralda? She's like, I could never take the place of Esmeralda. But <laughs> I will do it that night. And so she's going to be in. And our special guest, you know how we always have a special guest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The wonderful John DeCoss is going to be our special nice. guest. Fantastic nice. stand-up comedian. Uh, he is the musical director of the Steve Cochran Show. And uh, he said, yes, I'd be delighted to be your special guest. So John DeCoss will be on stage uh, with us to be interviewed. So, And it's on uh, February 21st, Tuesday, February 21st, at Zanies in Rosemont. 847-813-0484. You can get your tickets now. Rosemont.zanies.com. 
come out and pack the place. We'll give stuff away. We'll have interactive prize giveaways and some trivia and a lot of fun stories and all that cool stuff. And Amy Guth will be up there with me. And John DeCoste will be our special guest. My dad, again, will close the show by telling a joke or two. Uh, and we've had a great time. As well, you can attest to that. The first two times we've done it, it's been a blast. Oh, yeah. So, Super fun. So come on Super out. Super fun. The audience is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's good awesome. time. So uh, Zanies in Rosemont, Tuesday, February 21st. Uh, I will be there. Uh, Amy Guth, my co-host, and John DeCosta, special guest. Get your tickets now, rosemont.zanies.com. Get them now. Let's pack the place on Tuesday, February 21st. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, this Magic Megaphone, Azrella, I will tell you now, you will be able to I, uh, identify uh, uh, and, and, and actually just really identify with this message. Mm-hmm. As I have as well. Okay. Uh, it is from Margot, who is a listener who lives in Chicago. She is a, a city girl who lives mm-hmm. in Chicago. Her name is Margot. I will play this back as I often do. I play the megaphone message back. We hear it and try to analyze the weirdness coming out of the magic megaphone into the ether. <laughs> and then I tell you the story behind it, okay? Mm-hmm. This one's pretty self-explanatory, though. And again, you and I can both identify with this uh, with this uh, megaphone message. Are you ready? Go. Here we go. I have had it with the CTA. I have had it with the CTA. I have had it with the CTA. So, I can't... I, you know. I have had it with the CTA. So, um, all right. So, you heard the megaphone message. Yes. Okay. And I believe this is something that you've probably had go through your head or even verbalized oh yeah on a semi-regular basis <laughs> oh f- yeah lately mm-hmm. um, i agree with that megaphone <laughs> yes that's from margo margo uh as Reldo and i agree with i have had it with the cta yep i have had it with the cta so that's uh all right jesus christ okay <laughs> margo uh lives in the city it says, I listen to your podcast all the time. I love you and Esmeralda. I'm going to try to make it to the next um, Zany's show. Um, and she has experience. She says, I wait for the Irving Park bus a lot. Now, this is a person who must live in our neighborhood or clearly my neighborhood. Uh, because I take the Irving bus very often, especially when I go to the music box, which is pretty much every week. Uh, and the Irving Park bus is one that, you know, when you do when you when you've got your phone and you're like, hey, let me check the CTA thing or do a Google Maps direction search right. to tell you how much longer it's going to be for the bus. Uh, the Irving Park one, it'll you'll stand there and it'll say, OK, it's coming in 11 minutes or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then 11 minutes go by and you check again. It says, oh, it's going to be another 14 minutes. Um, <laughs> and this happens on this happens frequently on many bus lines. But. Oh, yeah. Pretty regularly on the fucking Irving Park bus. You can pretty much bet that if you want to get somewhere, get there much earlier because there's going to be significant delays as you wait. And for some reason, this happens on the Irving Park bus pretty regularly. Um, But you have this experience taking uh, the CTA pretty much everywhere. Do you remember the last time that uh, you got angry about waiting for the CTA? Um, usually it's the fact that, um, you, I'll be in my house and I need to go somewhere and I will look at all of the options and all of the options are at least half an hour or more. All of them. Really? <laughs> I have, 
I have a Montrose bus. I have a Lawrence bus. I have the train. <laughs> Are you? Now and you, it'll you, be like the... two minutes. Or 40 minutes. And I'm like, <laughs> right. just, what in the hell? Like, yes. how are all of them this far away? Like, <laughs> Right, right. Like, you're looking for different options, but they're all the same, in, in other words. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's like, now, great. The, the train that you live leave. near. Is that the Brown Line? You live near the Lawrence? It is, yes. The, the uh, Kimball. Right. Kimball is the last stop. Right, Kimball. Yes. Yeah, Kimball is the, Lawrence and Kimball is the Brown Line stop. Um, I used to live right around the corner from there. I take it all the time. Um so do you have different because I usually use Google Maps slash directions to get my, um, my info. I do not use Google Maps uh for the times because Google Maps will also give you what is scheduled, which is not correct. That's just hmm. scheduled. That doesn't okay. mean that it's an actual bus that's coming. I use an app called Transit, uh Transit Tracks. Transit Tracks? Okay. It, does um, that seem to be more accurate than the Google? It seems I, to be very accurate. I've okay. compared it. I usually, um, I use that way more. The only problem with it is that ghost buses, which a lot of people have dealt with, there's just ghost buses. You don't, the app says it's like th- uh, 30 minutes for a bus and say you're like, oh, you're standing at the thing. Like, yeah. great. 30 minutes. I have to wait 30 minutes. And then 10 minutes go by and a bus comes. (laughs) I see. So it's those, yeah, the ghost buses show up. So that's the only problem with it. And I think that's a a citywide problem with the CTA. They said that they're trying to fix that, but I will believe it when I see it. You know, when when you're waiting uh, to go west on Irving, because as I do, and Irving and Southport, because Irving and Southport is, you know, that's where the uh, music box is. Um, mm-hmm. So you walk over to Irving and at Irving in Southport, uh, at that bus stop, westbound bus stop, mm-hmm. there is a, a light pole next to the bus stop that has a sticker on it that says, are you tired of being ghosted by the CTA? Yeah. Um, yeah. And they have uh, one of those uh, things that you can, those codes that you can scan. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes you to a website that gives you information about how you get, you know, you can fight back against ghosting by the CTA oh, or something like that. But it's on the it, there's a big sticker that they stuck on the post and clearly <laughs> for people who are standing have been standing there waiting at Irving Park in Southport for a goddamn bus forever. You're like <clears throat> and I can see in your frustration you kind of look and go, "Yes, I am tired of being ghosted." <laughs> you know. <laughs> there's that and then um the worst one is uh when you're on the brown line and I'm I'm at the Francisco stop. And I'm so I'm two stops away from the end of the line or the yes. beginning, if you like. Yes. Yeah, it's end and beginning. Yep. Um, and there'll be times when you see a bus or when you see the train, the number on the schedule yeah. at the at the stop, you see the number. And then it I forget what it does. There's either it's some kind of like an asterisk or something where it then goes. Uh, or it might not be coming. It's like what? Wait. So what? it literally the number. Yeah, there is a number there, and then you you wait. It's maybe it's four minutes. You wait the four minutes. Nothing. And then it it says I I forget exactly what it says, but it's this thing of like, like it may or may not. It'll be plus or minus. Oh, the time. But still, it's like, well, why why are you giving me this? Time no, absolutely. Then? What's the point? What's the what is the fucking point at all? Uh, it's funny. My ex-wife and I, uh, when we when we lived in uh, Albany Park, 
uh, I would take the brown line down to to work at the car wash, mm-hmm. uh, and I would switch to the red line at Belmont or Fullerton, whichever was easiest, and then take the red line down to Grand and walk over. Um, but I would get on at Kimball, Lawrence and Kimball. And the thing about the, uh, about getting on at Lawrence and Kimball, which, as you said, is either the beginning of the line or the end of the line, depending on where you're mm-hmm. looking, mm-hmm. Uh, is that there's always a train there, especially in winter. There's always a train where you can get in and sit down at least. Right. You know, that's that's the one cool thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's that's like, the, the one. Yeah, that's the one positive. <laughs> that's the one positive. Now, <laughs> how long you're going to sit on that train and wait for the person who's going to operate it, that's a whole other story. Yeah. You know, that, that, when I that mean, train I understand. actually. <laughs> I understand that they have schedules, like they try to keep a schedule, yeah. but like, why would you tell me that the bus or the train is coming in five minutes and then it, it just goes, it's mm, not there. It's not nope, gonna. Sorry. Yeah, no, that happens all the time. No, seriously, that you happens all the time. You have to wait some more. And yep. it's like, why then tell yep. me this number? Yep. It happens all the time. Ugh. It happens all the time. But uh, it's funny that you live near the Francisco stop because um, when uh, my, my ex-wife and I were together, every time I would take the train, there was a running joke where I would text her when I got to Francisco. Mm-hmm. I would always text her, this is Francisco. Because it was my favorite. Like when they, because <laughs> when the announcer would go, this is Francisco. You know what I mean? It always yeah. made me laugh. And so like every time I would go to work or come back from work, if I was on my way home, Whenever I got to Francisco, that's your stop. I would text my, I would text my, I would text my lovely ex-wife Heather. This is Francisco, and she would text back like "LOL" with a little heart or something. And then we got divorced. Mm. Oh, so, great! So anyway, <laughs> but yeah, no Francisco. This is, I always think this is Francisco. So, um, but you know what's funny is like whenever whenever I take a bus, like a Lawrence bus or, an, or you know an East West bus, mm-hmm. um, and I get to Spalding. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever there's like the bus announces uh, next stop is Spalding, you know, or this is Spalding or whatever, you, w- whenever it's announced or you see mm-hmm. it, uh, I always, it, I always keep waiting for the next line to be like, this is Spalding. And I always keep waiting for the next line for the announcer to make, to be, get your foot off the boat, which is a line from Caddyshack. Got it. Spalding, get your foot off the boat. That's so the next time, next time you're on the, uh, on the bus, Esmeralda or on the train or something and Spalding is a spot. Now I want you to think of Ted Knight screaming, get your foot off the boat. Spalding, get your foot off the boat. (laughs) That's going to be the first thing that comes to my mind. Well, you know, uh, as as a a 50-something male uh, who's watched uh, Caddyshack 80 million times, whenever I hear Spalding, I always want, get your foot off the boat to be the next Mm. line. Mm -hmm. Because I'm a loser. You should petition that. (laughs) Yes, that's right. And, you know, uh, I, I can just walk up to them with the megaphone and go, I have had it with the CTA. That's right. I have had it with the CTA. Right. I want Spalding get your foot off the boat to be the official <laughs> announcement of Spalding. So, um, all right. So, uh, hey, you know, celebrities are weird. Esmeralda, you see how I'm segueing? Mm-hmm. You see? You see that? God <laughs> damn it, Nick. That's right. Ah! All right. Uh, so, anyway... Uh, we often talk about weird... Oh, I'm going to sneeze, I think. Hold on. Oh, boy. <laughs> Any, oh. Jesus. Yikes. I didn't turn off my mic. I didn't have time to turn off my mic. That was... All right. You okay? <laughs> was, yeah, everything... That in, was everything, strong. Everything on, the di- everything on the dining room table, my, uh, you know, my pseudo studio here is now covered in snot, but that's all right. As long... I mean, you're the only one. So. I'm the only one here. It's not like I'm, yeah. spreading, I'm spreading COVID to the neighbors or anything, so we're good. Um, anyway, anyway, 
celebrities are weird in so many ways, but we're going to talk specifically about how they're weird parents. Mm-hmm. And I don't think this comes as a surprise, right, Esmeralda? That that no, that's yeah. that's a usual, not a. <laughs> you usually expect it. Yeah. Well, what are some of the weird? Because so so basically, we're going to be talking about this article that indicates uh, thirteen uh, uh, incidents or stories about par- about celebrities being really, really weird fucking parents. Um, so what, what is popping out at, uh, popping out at you? Do you just want to go in order? How do you want to, how do you want to discuss these weirdo celebrity parents? Um, I, I, um, I want to, well, I want to talk about the Madonna one. Okay. Um, because I kind of like it. (laughs) Okay. Well, Hey, by the way, you know, uh, they just announced Madonna's coming to town, man, for her 40th uh, anniversary. I am going. There you go. I am going, even though she doesn't look like Madonna anymore, <laughs> anymore <laughs> at all. Um, uh, but there's no way I'd miss it. I've seen Madonna five times live. Have you ever seen Madonna live? I have not. Oh God, Esmeralda, it's so joyous. Um, but anyway, she's coming to town. She'll be playing um, United Center, and I'm definitely going to be there. But anyway, so you have you like these these little rules that Madonna has I for her kids? I kind of do. Okay, well, let's tell everybody about Madonna and her children's rules. All right, so she's got a lot of rules, but <laughs> all right, there's there's a couple where I'm like, I'm sure you can be a little lenient, but for the most part, uh, no candy, no television, and if you're under 15, no cell phones. I like I'd that. Like, the no candy, I mean, you know, yeah. lenient or whatever. No television, I'm a little, mm, but yeah. I'm sure you can do something better. You're a child. Go play. Okay. Um, And then if they have been messy, so I don't know what to what extent messy means. Uh, she takes away all their clothes and makes them wear the same dirty outfit all day, every day, until the lesson has been learned. <laughs> now, I mean, in theory, uh, in theory, I actually kind of like that. I think. I, I mean, I I'm think it's you. funny they make it sound like the same dirty outfit, like they're rolling yeah. around in mud. Right, it's Madonna. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like she's got eight billion dollars. You know, you know, what I, you know what I mean? I doubt their clothes are dirty after. I a doubt day, that they're, and so. I also, I also doubt that Madonna does any housework at all. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I would doubt that Madonna, Madonna hasn't done housework since she lived in Detroit. That's that, that's that's what I'm thinking at this point. But I do, in theory, I think that it's it's kind of interesting. Um, I wouldn't say no candy, maybe limited candy, right? You know, I wouldn't say no television, maybe limited television. But the whole exactly. cell phone, the cell phone thing now, that's yes. got to be impossible to do. Like it does. I would maybe a, push it back a little, maybe yeah. thirteen. Okay, maybe yeah. twelve. Right, I would I would agree with that as well. I think twelve. Uh, but, but like, but people yeah. do this. People do the 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 whole screen time thing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Where they limit the kid. That's a whole term that obviously never existed when well, you and because, I were growing up. I mean, I've seen them and I get it, but I get that your kid is annoying. But it is your kid, and you chose to have that dumb kid. So, <laughs> <laughs> but they just shove like a cell phone in their hands, or they yeah. shove a. a Pad. Essentially, a screen, any kind of yeah. screen. Yeah, just go sit down just here, so they don't cry or they don't yep. bother them or whatever. And I'm like, yep. okay, well, good luck yep. with that. Well, the, I will say this: that's that's a, that's another thing. Is like, I, I do not envy parents for many situations, and uh, you know, clearly, I've I'm not I'm never having children, and I never had children, and I'm in my fifties, so clearly, I'm not going to have any kids. 
and I'm fine with that. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and and I know that you feel the same way. Another reason why you and I get along so famously. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but like, I can't imagine. I talk to my friends who have had kids and stuff. How many times you have to sit through uh, like fucking frozen? I, I would kill myself. Yeah, no. Like, I, <laughs> what, what do you what do you want to watch? Frozen, you know, for the mm. nine thousandth time. And, right. you know, when I was growing up uh as a kid, you know, back in the day, we had to walk to school uphill both ways. You know, that whole thing. But my parents never had to put up with watching the same shit 50 times a day. Yeah, I don't. My parents either. Yeah. You know, they wanted to watch what they wanted to watch. But then also we didn't have the means, I yeah. guess. Like we didn't really have VHS tapes. Um, we didn't have, we had a a couple Mm -hmm. and then, I mean, if I were to play them, we had, we had plenty, this sounds so bad. We had plenty of TVs, so yeah, could go watch it by myself. By yourself. Yeah, no, that's, no, 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 of course. But I mean, that's a different era. You know, when I was a kid, um, you know, it was, it was, when we did have the VCR and stuff. Uh, we were the first. We were the first people. I was like the first person in my entire neighborhood that that got a VCR because, like, my parents, even though we couldn't afford it, my dad I literally was. You know, my dad always worked two jobs. You know, uh, uh, I come from a blue collar family where my dad's always worked two jobs, and mm-hmm. we never had any money when I was growing up. We never had money, and but yet my my parents were like, we our kid loves this kind of movie shit, so we're going to spend way too much money on a VCR. You know. And I was an only child, so they were like, "Well, we we only got one of them. We may as well get him a VCR." Right. But, you know. And uh, and the thing was, the difference is, and again, you know this, Esmeralda, the kid shit, like movies that were made for kids and cartoons and shit like that, uh, I stopped watching that shit at a very young... I still watched it, mm-hmm. but like when I was watching movies on VHS as a kid over and over again, they were horror movies. They were like, I was watching Halloween 17 times. You know what I mean? Yeah. So instead of like a kid growing up watching Frozen or, you know... Finding Dory or any of that nonsense. Well, I love Finding Dory, but any of that stuff, I was like, my parents were like, okay, you're going to watch Texas Chainsaw again. That's fine. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I was watching Who Framed Roger Rabbit over oh, and over again. <laughs> yes. Well, me too. You, you Yeah, me too. And that I'm, was like the one tape that we had. We didn't have very many tapes of anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, so, man, yeah. You had a, but man, my God damn, you had a good one though. One of the best movies right? ever made. I mean- <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I and listen, I'm 18 years older than you are, Esmeralda, and and shit. When when that movie was available on VHS, I watched it 9,000 times a day. I'm right with you. Yeah, same. Oh my god, (laughs) and I, you know, I mean, I could get, I could watch that movie. Shit, I might watch it right now after we get after we. Oh well, there you go. But yeah, I don't, I don't envy, I don't envy parents whatsoever. And so that plays into this other one that I saw, which again, I'm like, you know, I kind of, uh, I don't mind it. What's that? Toby Maguire treats his kids like adults. Okay. Um. He's and then there's apparently a couple of other people who do it. Your uh, your crush, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes. Uh, Helen Hunt and Hank Azaria. They also do this. Okay. Uh, they're adopting. Resource. What is it? Resources, Resources for infant educators. Educators. So it's like education okay. and care together, educarers. It's such a such a name for something. It's like just treat them like adults, right? <laughs> right. Um, so it's a parenting method that opposes anything that disrespects a child. Um, 
I guess, because disrespecting, because they're people. Yeah, they're human beings. So they don't speak to them in baby talk. Mm -hmm. They don't get, this is a little weird. They don't get toys, uh, no pacifiers, and no strollers. Yeah. I don't know about the no toys. I feel like that's. That yeah. might be at the, the far little... end of the spectrum of this R.I.E. parenting thing. Right, and it's called I.R.I.E. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's interesting. I mean, I, I would, you know, I, and again, you and I are not parents or anything like that. I wouldn't do all of that, I, but I think, it's, I think it's kind of cool that they're treated like adults, that there's no baby talk. I don't know. Strollers, I mean, if you're a kid, you know, if you're walking around with a kid, get a fucking stroller. I don't see anything wrong with that. You want to carry That's the true, but kid? I also hate people who have grown-ass children. Oh in yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Oh, you're, and then yeah. they're always walking through places like yep. festivals and or yep. just crowds of people with their stupid yep. fucking <laughs> stroller. Right. But if they got a kid, if they got a kid that's that stroller, I don't you know, stroller age, um, you know, age appropriate. What would that be like? Maybe two years old, up maybe to three. I it's guess. Okay. I mean, you can. Why don't you just carry them? Yeah. And one of them thing, them backpacks. Yeah, you could do that too. <laughs> um but yeah, but but Toby Maguire uh treats his kids like adults and I guess uh, sort of Jamie Lee Curtis and Helen Hunt and Hank Azaria. Yeah. I like the no baby talk. My mom said that she didn't do that to me. She yeah. didn't do baby talk. She just talked to me like a adult, like a human. <laughs> yeah. Like a regular old person. I don't remember you know, my I, no, my, my parents I don't think my parents ever did that to me either. Um because you know. why not? Like, why do you have to dumb it down for them? They understand. Yeah. <laughs> and if they don't, they will understand. Yeah. Because you're speaking. I mean, you, what makes it any different in my mind? Yeah. You can That's you true. can say small phrases to a child and not make not it go, sound. Yeah. Not be would baby you, talk. Would you, like, would you like a little, would you like a little milk? Exactly. Although I will say, though. Always talk to dogs in baby talk. <laughs> <laughs> so dogs are okay. Cats and dogs. Cats and dogs. Okay. Totally fine. <laughs> yeah. I would always, I've never, I don't think I've ever done like, and I've owned animals in the past. I've owned pets in the past. I'm a cat person and I've had cats. In the past. I don't think I've ever talked to my cats like, oh, look at the little cat. I never do that. I'm like, oh, hey. I always baby talk. Anytime I see dog, anytime there's dogs and cats, baby talk. Yeah. Do you really? Yeah, yeah babies. Never really they're little that. babies. Yeah, I don't know. My cats are always like, "Hey, come here, jag off." You know, I, I would like. <laughs> I but like, when they're sleeping, they're all curled up and they're sleeping, and then you grab their little paw and you're like, "Oh, they're little baby." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I like I you know I find them adorable and and cute, and yes, I I do like to take a little sleeping cat's paw and hold it, but I don't go, "Oh, look at them!" I'm like, "Hey, check him out. He's fucking sleeping." I'm more like that. <laughs> How about Kim Kardashian? Uh, this was just funny to me. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I hate, I, 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 I hate the Kardashian. Well, I don't, I don't know them. I think I hate them. Yeah, I don't I, care for them. I don't like, care. I've never, and I will say this, Esmeralda, have you ever watched their show, the Kardashian show? Uh, yeah. Have like, you? Just kind of in a fleeting. Not I've, like I need to watch this right now. I've, I've never watched more than two minutes of any mm. of those fucking shows. I find them the least interesting, most uh, yeah. uh like yeah, they're annoying. not they're not good. They're dickheads. Uh, but when Kim Kardashian was breastfeeding her son Saint, um, KK would stick a milk carton <laughs> and straw into her bra 
so that very jealous older daughter North could pretend to breastfeed. <laughs> I mean, that's it's a little that's weird. some ingenuity, I think. It is. It is. And those are her her two kids with Kanye, right? Those are Kanye's kids, mm-hmm. right? I think they got another one. I'm not yeah. sure. Oh yeah, I there's know. Chicago. I oh, think. that's right. There is a kid named Chicago, isn't there? <laughs> did she have any kids with Pete Davidson or no? They didn't have kids. Did uh, they? no. Okay. No, she did not. <laughs> I just uh just the fact that Pete Davidson is going to have children someday cracks me Ugh. up. I don't... <laughs> Good luck to them. Can you can you explain why he gets so much quality woman? I don't know. How does it I, I mean I mean tell I... you he looks he looks syphilitic to me, but you know. <laughs> Well, I mean, that quality women, Kim Kardashian, you know, I guess uh, I find her attractive. I think Kim Kardashian is attractive, Uh, uh, but I think she's so she's unattractive because of her being her. But Mm -hmm. like visually, she is attractive. And the women that he's been with, like the Ariana Grande is an attractive woman. Uh, Kate Beckinsale is an attractive woman. Who else is he? Who else has Pete Davidson been with? I mean, he's Uh, um... there's there's more than I'm forgetting. He's been with like like. Some oh, amazing... he was with that. Um, what's her name? Emily Rajerski. Oh, right. Yes, her <laughs> from. Uh, she's in uh, the Gone Girl. She's like yes. all naked. She's in Gone Girl. She's unbelievable. Uh, what is yeah, it? About I don't Pete? know. What is it? I don't know. Okay, you have no idea. He's Speaking... apparently funny, so I guess. I think he's kind of funny. I, I don't. I guess that's it, right? I guess because he's funny. I find him yes. adorable when he's with when he's with my boyfriend Timothy Chalamet because when they were together when they did the three sketches together on SNL when he hosted they were fantastic together. Right. Have you seen he's, the sketch where they uh, were they the yes. rap du- were they the rap duo? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's all about the ye. It's about the ye that. that... <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, I don't know. But I mean, that's that's a fan. That's a that is a, a mystery for the ages. How does Pete Davidson get the women that he gets? I don't know. Syphilitic. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best. <laughs> oh man! All right. How about one more here uh, of weird parenting? Um, this one. Although I'm not surprised because she's kind of like hippy dippy. Uh, a crunchy granola, Alicia yeah. Silverstone. Yes, she is. Yeah. She uh, would pre-chew her son's food yeah. and spit uh, it into his mouth like a bird. Yeah. Although, I mean, I guess they used to do that back, back, back in the day when there was no blenders. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, you couldn't you just put it into a food processor and do that? Like, why I would do you gotta? So. Yeah, I would imagine. I mean, so. how do you think baby food is made? You just shove it, cook it, and then shove it into a food processor, right? Right. Yeah, I find that really weird, and uh, and she's she's a little strange, Alicia Silverstone. Uh, mm. In other in other ways too, there have been reports about some of her behavior is a little strange. And yes, chewing your food for your child—that's fucking weird. And spitting. It I mean, I the... get it, but why? It's just <laughs> we're weird. In the, it's weird. We're in the present time when there's yeah. many things that you could use a fork. Mm-hmm. Like... <laughs> Have you ever do you do, do you remember, up? Do you remember when Juliana Margulies hosted SNL and they did a sketch where Will Ferrell would chew the food and spit it into Chris Parnell's mouth because he had no. Oh because, yeah. Um, <laughs> and cool. and uh, yeah, and they did it for real. Like he chewed up and he would spit oh, it into Chris God. Parnell's mouth. And the sketch ended. I remember that sketch first of all because it was funny, and second of all because it ended with them doing a bit because Magnolia was in theaters when that. Mm-hmm. Uh, when that came out, and at the I don't know if you remember this, but at the end they do a whole bit with the song "Wise Up," 
where they play <laughs> where they play wise up uh and then Juliana Margulies chews up her apple pie and spits it into Chris Kattan's mouth uh at the end. Oh right, yeah. 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 Every, everything somehow goes back to SNL in my mind. I don't know uh, why that why that is, but yeah, that's weird. And 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 you know, and I love Alicia Silverstone very much. And God bless her; she wants to do that kind of stuff. You know, I think it's weird, but right. And but let I adore her, her. Let her be, I guess. Yep. Yeah, let her be. You know, the kids are fine. I guess. I guess they're fine. You know, we'll see. I just we'll see. I, I just love the the picture. I know of her like over him and he's just his it mouth is, wide open like ah. no it is it is literally like that sketch in snl when Ooh. will ferrell will ferrell chewed up a bunch of food and spit it into chris parnell's mouth and, and parnell had his head back with his mouth wide open yeah. that's the picture it's alicia I mean, silverstone yeah, birds do it <laughs> exactly and it's uh, i don't know so now you know i mean it's not going to stop me from watching clueless watch a month i'm sorry it, it just will not <laughs> no matter how weird it is i can't not watch clueless once a month so all right well, we'll talk more about celebrities being weird parents at a different time. Uh, but mm-hmm. now it's time for us to chew on some f- food and spit it into somebody's oh, mouth. Oh, yes. Are we? Gonna... <laughs> um, I'm going to so we... keep it in my mouth. Okay. You. I'm going to eat mine. I'm not going to spit it into anybody's mouth. I don't have anybody yeah. here to do it to anyway. I can probably do it to one of my neighbors. My neighbors are fucking weird. <laughs> so I can probably. Like, hey. hey, how's it going? Can I spit in your mouth? And I'm sure they go, yeah, go ahead. Because I've got for a bunch sure. of. I've got the weirdest fucking neighbors uh, in the world. Come on over. <laughs> yeah, come on over and spit Kit Kats into my mouth. So we've got Asian Kit Kats. Yes. Which one are we trying first, Esmeralda? So let's try the let's try the the one in the black wrapper. Well, you and I have a red wrapper. Oh, right. So my my corresponding wrapper is a red one. What did yours? Did you translate it? I did, and it said, uh, "Shit, I can't remember now." Hold on, let me do it again. So at least, okay. So mine is part of a whole thing of um, adult candy right it was like a thing where they're just trying to do stuff for adults so it's this black label and it had mine has um a phrase that said please come in or something like that so Mm -hmm. i don't know what it translates to for you know in japanese because who knows what that that means the one word on the front of mine just says glimpse i have no idea what that means but the word glimpse is on the front of this red packaged kit kat now in the corner do you have writing as well because that no. might be the they might be the same that whole taste of adult <laughs> no the the adult yeah the adult uh sweetness adult sweetness is is yeah so that's that's, that's part of it too they're all kind of like right adult quote-unquote adult tasting right so this one should be a little less sweet at least Probably mine be... will be so we'll see how yours tastes okay well mine says glimpse i don't even know what that means oh it's been warm in my apartment so it's nice and sticky that's fantastic oh great Jesus, how warm is it? All right. Oh, good. And my cat's throwing up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I can't see where it is. Great. We're almost Find done. Later. We're almost done. <laughs> I can hear him. She's not throwing up. In, she, he's not throwing up into another cat's mouth. Can you he? hear it? Oh, yeah. he stopped. No, I just heard it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so this, by the way, <sighs> the Kit Kat that I just tasted... Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, it tastes like a regular Kit Kat to me. Oh, maybe it's just a regular Kit Kat then. Yeah. Okay, mine's like um, like dark chocolate. 
No, mine's regular. It's a regular mm. Kit Kat. Yeah, so mine's like a little sweet. It's like a semi, a semi sweet. Okay, good. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's not now, too sweet. Now it's we got nice. a brown one. Is Jake all right? By the way, is Jake okay? He's fine. He's a all cat. Right. <laughs> That's why I love cats. Like, yeah, whatever. The cat just <laughs> like he's puking. Who knows? He might have swallowed it. He's done that before, which is. Mm. You hear him, and then you walk over, and you're like, "Where is it? Where is it?" I <laughs> uh, got hungry see him, again, like, licking his chops, and I'm just I like, li Ugh. <laughs> "I liked it so much the first time, I wanted to try it again." That's um, my goodness gracious. Right. So the next one here looks like it's white frosting with um, chocolate uh, dots. So it looks like it's uh, like a. Mm -hmm. And like what a did we? What, would, what was the translation? Adult sweetness. Adult sweetness. Yeah. I believe. Okay. So. Right. Let's see. Oh, maybe it's coffee. No, this is um. Mm. Mm. This is very good, but it's like this a is very sweet. Very very sweet, <laughs> but it's like a. But I can crunch. see, I can see that it's adult sweetness. It's yeah. it's more sophisticated. Well, this is a good one. I like mm. this. So I like the white chocolate with the. It's like cookies the, or something. Yeah, with little with little cookie chunks in it. Very good. Mm. Well, we'll, we got pictures of these. We, we'll uh, we'll put on our Instagram page. Yes, and you should like us on Instagram or follow us on Instagram on that page. And we're also on all the social medias. Follow us too. And see some of. The, now I have to drink take a drink of water here. Mm. It's very yeah. My I, first, I couldn't tell you. I can't place the first with one. This. It's like it's like a white chocolate sweet with a little dark cookie crunch. Is mm. at least what I got. Um, it's finely crushed black biscuits. Oh, okay. Finely crushed black biscuits with like a white chocolate. Chocolate cream. wafer. Very good. The other one, by the Very way, Esmeralda, was just a Kit Kat. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was, was like a dark Kit chocolate Kat. one. Okay, I had a regular, but one. not like really dark, but just kind of. And some of the and we will not as sweet. We will take pictures of these Kit Kats uh, and and post them on 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 Facebook and on Instagram and all that stuff. And you can uh, look at it. But these are all directly uh, from Asia, uh, mm -hmm. these Kit Kats. And again, our friend Deanna uh, sent these. Yes. Things. Thank yes. you, Deanna. And Thank we have you, more Deanna. to talk about. And we will be talking more about celebrity uh, weirdo parents uh, on the next uh, episode. And on the next episode, Joe, uh, Joe Ahern is going to join me. Joe Ahern is an actor. Mm. He is also the co-writer, the star, and the director of a movie called The Disappearance of Toby Blackwood, which I saw. It's mm -hmm. terrific. And you know who's in it and who is executive producer of it, Esmeralda? Who's that? My future ex-wife, Dana DiLorenzo. Oh, well then. And she's lovely and hilarious in it. It's a terrific uh, movie, and we'll talk more about how you can see the disappearance of Toby Blackwood, and uh, the writer, director, and star, Joe Ahern, will be on with me on the next uh, episode. So, uh, My thanks to uh, you, Esmeralda, for uh, for ruling. Oh, wait, my dad's got to tell a joke. What the fuck is wrong yeah. with me? Hold on a second. Say. What the hell is wrong with me? Oh, it's <laughs> the best part of the week, baby. It's time to hear something funny. With your music intro. Ah! It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad tells a joke. Yeah. What'd I say? It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad tells a joke. Yeah. Oh, yes. Here we go. Yeah, Carrie, Carrie, Carrie came in and uh, punched me in the mouth. 
Wow. And said, your dad's She's like, your... you know what? Yeah. Respect him. Respect him. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Oh, okay, I Carrie. I love Nick's show. All right. Here's my dad with a joke. I went in the restaurant and asked, what's the special on the menu today? The girl said, cow's tongue. He said, I'm not eating on all of a cow's mouth. Give me a couple of eggs. <laughs> all right. Uh, all that right. was jokey, jokey, jokey time. It was a jokey, <laughs> jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad told a joke. Now, how how would I forget to to have that joke be told? My God, <laughs> give me a couple of eggs. Classic, because they come mm-hmm. out of a chicken's butt. Okay, masterpiece. Oh, fantastic! All right, Dad will do it again next week. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Esmeralda. Thank you, Jason Skaggs, mm-hmm. for all the music. Ed, everybody at Radio Misfits, check out RadioMisfits.com. All the great podcasts there, including that show hasn't been funny in years, an SNL podcast. You should subscribe to that one. Uh, sales at RadioMisfits.com if you want to be a sponsor. Voicemail us seven seven three four one seven six nine four eight. Email us nickdpodcast at gmail.com. and we'll see you next time on the Nick D Podcast right here on Radio Misfits. Uh, podcast. The wind is right on me.